Wow, that was a big cutoff. <laughs> Sound guy. It doesn't matter because when it gets edited, it still gets dubbed down. It gets dubbed It'll down. It'll be good, yeah. Go. Hey, folks, Scott with Leading Edge Archery Podcast. Hope you've been listening. We've had a couple of good run of some good stuff. And God, this, I've grabbed two effing pins now and they're not working. There we go. Did we talk about this today? No. Okay. All right. Damn it. I thought I had a good subject matter to talk about. I just got shot down. My God. Too politically correct. No, 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 no. Anyhow. It's, it's, it's pending. <laughs> oh, it's pending. I thought it was done. Mm-hmm. Ish. Ish. All right. So anyways, we just got Bridger Deaton back in the studio today. Howdy. Back from Redding, California. Gonna let him talk about Redding. We had some really cool, crazy shit happen in Redding. If you guys follow Redding, uh, followed the shirt tournament online at all, um, somebody got shot, which was kind of yeah. amazing. And according I mean, to Bridger, this happens all the time. It's like slowly becoming a tradition. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's happened in the past, like before, but I, gosh, I think it was six ish years ago. Chance was talking to a guy behind. Uh, it's a different target now, but it used to be the standing bears by the road, like target five or six mm-hmm. talking to a dude. Somebody's D loop broke, went over the backstop, poked a hole in his calf. I mean, like all the way through his calf sticking out both sides. Are you shitting me? So that, and that was five or six years ago. Yeah. Then the following year, a guy walked up behind the snack shack at Bigfoot. Somebody passed through a target and it hit his thigh. Hit his phone in his in pocket. In his pocket, yeah. Didn't get into his thigh. I heard about that one. Hit his phone in his pocket, and then uh, this one this one this year. Went between so, two I, people. So, Lindsay Christensen, who shoots on the ASA tour and stuff, her husband Chad and another gal in his group was doing scorecards. She was sitting down. He was standing up. It, like, went right past his chest, right past her head, and landed in that dude's water bottle. Yeah. So, he had a water bottle holder on his hip, and it went right through it. Picture was crazy. Oh, he was walking around with it. <laughs> did it, he really? Stuck in the water bottle. Yeah. Did the owner? Did the owner come get it? I, I, Nobody claimed I it. I don't know. Well, apparently they knew who it was. So yeah. they did. And like, of course, I. My favorite thing is the next morning they're like, "Oh, you know, all these people sky drawing. I don't. You watch all these pros doing it, and like, how come the pro? How come we always get blamed for it? Yeah. Hey, none of us are shooting anybody, but we're always <laughs> the ones that get blamed for it. Right. I don't see, well, maybe two or three people sky draw in the pro division. Yeah, it's not even but, uh, that bad. It's not even really sky drawing. No. They, they start high. Well, and, and the issue there, like in Redding, if you want to get technical with it, so you got like, you know, the downhill shots. Well, the backstop goes five, ten feet above the target. Right. But if it's 15 degrees downhill, You're not everybody, draw th- downhill. everybody thinks you've got to draw straight, straight level and then yeah. bend at the hip, which... Yeah. I guess neither, that neither has, here nor there. That, that has merit, but it's not. <clears throat> right. Don't really need to do that. Mm-hmm. But so everybody does that. So they, by the time they draw back, they're pointing level, but they're 30 feet over the back of the target. Right. Which is how that, tr- there was a tire they got shot this year too. Really? Somebody's rental car tire got a hole in it. <laughs> okay. So you're not, yeah, but in, in that regard, you could be accused of sky drawing, even you're drawing level because you are drawing so far over the target. Right, but now like there's the, not really the a dude rule for that, that got shot this year. 
guy was dropping back like five or six or three or four targets back and just i mean it went over probably two or three other groups how far do you think it flew like 150 yards 150 yards yeah it went over like two other groups before it got to them yeah so but that I, i will say like unless you are if you go off the beaten path there in redding like at all like it you can get into danger zone pretty damn quick yeah so they must be snaking those courses through instead oh, of, man, instead of just doing a loop and shooting outwards. Yeah. So that, I mean, that property, it's all 70 targets. And I mean, that property is only like 50 or 60 acres. Really? It's not that big of a chunk of property. Yeah. To be able to push, you know, 1,500 plus shooters through there. Yeah. I don't know what the numbers were this year as far as how many people. How crowd, I mean, how bad was it at targets? Wait. Wasn't bad. Not bad. Not bad. Would you guys get done five, five hours, four? Yeah, four or five, yeah. We were usually done by noon, one o'clock. Gotcha. So it wasn't bad at all. Look like it was cold one day. Everybody had jackets on. This is the coldest I've ever shot Redding. Normally, it's like 95 degrees. You're cooking in the sun the whole time. It's insanely dusty. This year is only dusty. But it was actually, I mean, it was like cold, chilly on uh, Sunday morning. I remember there was a picture. Only got up to like 60 and Erin McGlattery is a Canadian, and she had a picture of her one day, and she was in a freaking coat. Mm-hmm. Like a I'm coat glad coat. I, like, last minute, just, <clears throat> I didn't look at the weather. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll throw a sweatshirt in there, have it for, you know, if yeah. it's, you know, chilly in the mornings or something. I'm glad I had it. I never even took my sweatshirt off on Sunday. No kidding. Mm-mm. Wow. What would you think it was, like 50? It Like, the forecasted high was, like, 58, but I bet it got to, like, 60, 62 on Sunday. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was. And that's a dry, day. that's a dry cold. Yeah, it's not it was wet. chilly. Yeah, I mean, it was nice not like sweat my balls off for six hours. But yeah, that's cool. Good tournament. Yeah, I I love that shoot. It's yeah. it's the closest that we get to like a tax style event for for score. Yeah, for score and for tournament archery. Yeah, because. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, there's more, I, to me, there's more camaraderie and it's, I just enjoy that shoot a lot. Well, you're shooting big groups. How many you guys, shooting how many did you have in your groups? So you have 12, you usually have 12 guys in your group. All right. And it was, uh, this year, this was one of the better groups I've shot in. I've always gotten kind of thrown into the black sheep group. But this yeah. year I shot with, uh, it was myself and Domi on a team and then Kyle, Douglas and Chance were shooting together on a team, uh, shot with Lico. Dude, the, no kidding. The, dude, little, she, the young girl. Dude, she she shot great. She a hammer. She shot really well. Hell, yeah. she was beating me after the second day. <laughs> <laughs> this is her first year out there. Yeah. Uh, shot with her and her teammate. Uh, a few other she few other young girls shooting in the pro class. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. It was. I love that shoot, man. Yeah. That sounds like fun. It's also nice that I don't have to fly somewhere and buy a cooler to put beer in it because they sell beer there. So I, <laughs> after the round. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So how was the, um, I mean, you, 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 you got, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't see anything get hurt from the expense side of things because of gas prices so high and flights and everything. I mean, they, it wasn't as full as it normally is there, yeah. but I don't know whether they hit their cap limit or not. Cause they used to not put a cap on that tournament. No, that tournament and that was open. when we were taking like seven, eight, ish hours to shoot right and i mean there were people like i remember years where there were people getting carted off yeah by you know four wheelers and side by sides because mm-hmm. people passing out from it being so hot which this year wouldn't have been an issue if we took that long but like right. in the past with when they had no cap on it and they had like 1800 plus shooters it would take a long time yeah 
depending on what section of the course you were on that day uh, to shoot everything. But, I think you came back and said gas was like six bucks a gallon. Oh out man, there. dude, we pull. I mean, uh, granted, it's always more expensive by the airport, but it was like six forty. Wow. At the airport. For regular gas. For yeah, for unleaded gas, wow. the cheapest gas. That's unbelievable. That so that makes that gets for an expensive trip in a yeah. hurry. I mean, there in town in Reading, it was like five something. Yeah. Which I mean, that's still expensive. I wonder how much the gas prices in the economy is going to hurt archery this coming up here in twenty three. If it, if it continues to be the way it is, it's got to. We did the I mean, math going to Fort Benning to drive fourteen hours. I think it was six hundred dollars. Say yeah, round it'll trip be about seven hundred bucks for me to drive to full or to uh, London. to London, Kentucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. just in gas prices to get there. And what sucks if you look at plane fares now, they're getting to oh, be. Oh, dude, it's, 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 it's it'll just, be twelve hundred bucks to fly to Nashville. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's got to affect. It's got to have to affect attendance sooner or later. I mean, I would think. Well, especially with us in ASA, with how many people usually drive their own vehicles and all right. that. So. Right. Yeah, we uh, Minden was pretty well attended, but we was down. I think I thought it was bigger than Fort Benning. No. Well, was it bigger than Paris? Oh God, yes. W. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, because you got facilities there. Yeah. I mean, places to stay. Just makes it and nice. not far away at all. So mm-hmm. it was good. I'm I'm still sitting over here baffled. Just my mind's going into like that that meme with uh, what's his name from the Hangover and all the numbers in his head. Thinking 150 yards that arrow flew, and still got a full pass through, close to a pass through in a dude's water bottle. In a water bottle, dude. I wonder what his FOC was. <laughs> I think it was like a pro comp or something. It looked like a pro comp. In the so you're well, saying it's, it's so possible. funny? They now I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently, like they're talking, like oh, if you get caught sky drawing, the automatic disqualification, DQ, automatic DQ, no question, like no appeals, nothing. And somebody's like, yeah, they found the guy that shot that arrow. And they're like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It was an accident. <laughs> wow. Now, I, again, I don't know if that's true or not, but I was told that by multiple people. We, on a serious note, that's scary. Because if that arrow, because oh, you you had mentioned, I think you had said, if it would have been three, uh, if it was 12 a inches. Foot either direction. Yeah, it kills like, that it lady. Would have been through Chad's chest or through, through that her girl's head. head. Through her head. She's dead. I mean, you would hope not, but that's what they're faced with, and I can't believe they don't take that more serious. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it ain't the first. One time it happens in, in any era that I'm, if I'm course tournament director or manager or whatever, I'm changing that. I mean, it's, simple, it's a simplistic change. You shoot outer, and you have a big loop, or you do, you know, you, you yeah. just don't make sure well, you I don't mean, cross. Like I said, you, you find somewhere for 70 targets, and one of them being 100 yards. On yeah, it'd be hard. I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but um, but at the end of the day, you know, they're one guy yeah. getting shot and killed away from that thing being. Oh yeah, terrible. I mean, shut you down. think about it. Like, so where we shoot Bigfoot, so we shoot Bigfoot, then walk probably I don't know fifty yards down the lane, yeah, and then start shooting back uphill. Like the second target after Bigfoot, you're literally standing in line with where they're drawn and shooting on Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, plus you guys are, you know, Reading is a, a field archery shoot. So you're mm-hmm. shooting micro diameters, super, you know, one, pro comps, nanos. Those suckers fly a long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and especially when you're shooting at freaking like spray foam insulation ex- targets. Exactly. That's the Did one. you have any pass-throughs? Oh, yeah. Did you? Always really? do. Really? Always do. This was probably the least bad it's been for me this year. But there were guys in my group that were, like Domi had one 
on and granted there's always a passer on that target it's like a 37 ish something yard downhill deer yeah and i mean he shot usually like halfway through the second day you're having to glass your teammates arrows because that way they don't have to worry about reshooting them right because they're fucking zipping through the targets and he had one that i mean it didn't even slow down <laughs> that thing was buried like halfway up the shaft into the, into dirt, the dirt behind the target no kidding like, didn't even think about slowing down. So you guys are spotting those so you can call them so you don't have to reshoot. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's crazy. Crazy shoot. I mean, if for as big as it is, you think they would take care of that safety factor. That's not... Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, those targets are either, like, you, your arrow doesn't slow down going into them, or you got to get three guys on them to yank them. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are they hard to get out either, sometimes? Yeah, either you can't... Either you can't get them out or they won't <clears throat> stop your arrow. There's almost no in between. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. It is. So, so it's like a spray foam, no lie. Yeah. I mean, the one advantage to it is that the, I mean, it's so hard. The lines don't bend at all. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like shooting at a paper target. Right. Like they, there's no, it's either in or out. Yeah. There's no pulling the line or any of that BS. Yeah. But like you get halfway through the second day and if a target's, if the dots are painted a certain way on the target, once they start shooting through one side on the big targets, they'll take and flip them around. Turn them around, yeah. And where they're poking through on the backside, when they flip it around, sometimes will be like halfway into the dot or something. <laughs> so you're blasting into it'll be a fresh dot, but you're blasting yeah. into used foam anyways. Right. But that's crazy. That's crazy. You cleaned up day two, I think, right? Yeah, shot clean on day two. Had a bearing problem day one. Bearing issue on the first day. Isn't it crazy? He shot so many arrows here in the shop, getting ready. No problems. You get out there on day one, a whack. Dude, and I shot great on the the blind draw shoot. Like, I missed two or three. I, like, I, th I shot, like, the third, second or third highest score on that really? blind draw course. And yeah. day two or day one there, I, I mean, I'd just, I'd break a good shot and it'd be four inches underneath the dot. No idea why. Couldn't yeah. figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Then, That's bearing all day. Yeah. So, Screams it. And normally, if it's more than one bearing, like it's normally, you know, you'll get some left and right stuff thrown right, in there. Right, right, right. And for me, it was like four o'clock. So I guess it was hitting a little bit right, but not not bad. Mostly just low. And happened to be the, the shop there in town. Yeah. Lowrack was a elite dealer, and he happened to have a bunch of bearings. Yeah. That's crazy. So I swapped them out and ended up cleaning the second day. Granted, on a much easier portion of the course, but... Still. You, you wouldn't have cleaned it with a bad bearing. No. <laughs> no. People don't realize. I mean, you can have a... Those bearings, when they start dragging, that slows that cam down just enough that it affects your up and downs a no. lot. And at 100 that's yards, crazy. holy crap, I could not imagine how bad it would be. Yeah. I mean, and that stuff that drives you crazy because you, you sit there and try to diagnose and... Yeah, you, you can break, break a good shot. Break a good shot and it's Damn. underneath the dot. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. And a lot of people, you know, it's funny, we, we could talk a little bit about that, that people, it's probably the one thing that drives me crazy about archery. So you got these bows that are cost, you know, upwards of $2,000 um, using 70, 75 grade aluminum, aircraft grade aluminum. I mean, these, we're using top of the line materials for this, this equipment. And there's always two things that drive me nuts about, about manufacturers. And I would do different if I was a manufacturer. It's all Chinese hardware. I would change out all the stainless hardware on every screw, nut, and bolt on the bow. And they use, what, 50-cent bearings? Yeah, they had a $1,600, $1,800 bow, and they got $8 of bearings in it. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, there are bearings out there. You can use industrial-grade, hell, you can even go crazy and get aerospace-grade bearings, which 
you know, a bearing that size on a cam, 20 bucks a set. Yeah, it's not bad. No. No, you can buy industrial grade bearings that are used in commercial applications for probably around eight or nine bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee the bearings and nose bows are like a dollar. Oh yeah, they're if even they're that. they're two dollar yeah. two dollar Chinese bearings, and, and that's a moving part that never it cycles on it all, every it has to shot. Cycle. It's got yeah. a cycle on every shot. Well, I've never well, you know, and, figured and that out. Those now are so efficient; like it it takes so much less to break one of those down. Mm-hmm. You think? I mean, we got bows now. I mean, granted, I'm shooting a Victory, which you know, older cam system, but Same. like you look at you look at the like the newer results and the some of the newer Hoyts and the Matthews and stuff. Right. We're hitting mid eighty, upper eighty percent efficiency. Oh yeah, absolutely. That. When those when we were using those bearings back in the early two thousands and the late nineties, like you'd be lucky if you were pumping out like seventy <laughs> percent. Like holy shit, seventy <laughs> percent. Exactly. Efficiency numbers like. Yeah. The amount of efficiencies we're getting out of bows and then having more aggressive cams than we did in the past, and we're still using them old shitty bearings. Yeah, it drives me nuts. nuts. It does. It drives you crazy. The other thing is that the bearings are sealed. You're using sealed bearings. Mm-hmm. Like the Victory, I have I have the same bow, and I pull those bearings out, and they're sealed, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, well, the shims are up against them, so the shims are protecting them yeah. from dirt and everything else. And the only dirty place you shoot is redding. Uh, yeah, uh, your bow is never the same. Exactly. Get back from that no, shot. heck no, dude. It, Maybe I mean, it, it is. Well, I was telling you, I was looking at the pictures of the podiums and the people. I think during the shoot. Yeah, dude, it looked like they'd been like out in the desert for like a week. Yeah, it looks like somebody <laughs> tied your. Oh it, it my looks like gosh. you got the the treatment like they the dude in Troy hooked him to the back of a chariot and drug him drug back him to around. Chairs. Yeah, yeah, but no, you've sure. got all this. You, you've got all this stuff in in those bearings. And honestly, when you start wearing them down, those those seals, those cages, they they warp and oh, start yeah. catching your bearings. So yeah. I remember pulling mine out. I didn't replace the bearings. All I did was I removed the the seals on them, mm-hmm. cleaned them out with uh, with gun cleaner, and then lubed them up, put them back in. Yeah, you can get away so with that far, for so a good. little while. But if you what happens is more than anything is you get, and it doesn't take much. It it can be one speck of sand which is glass correct you get in there and it gets under that seal and if it gets in there it will over time degrade those ball bearings yeah it'll groove one one of the yeah if it grooves one of them and then it's it's a cyclical effect and then it grooves the next one it's turning it's turning it's turning then it's pretty soon i know one time i had my ritual 35 do it (laughs) i think you did you took it apart and the bearings literally fell out in your hand all the ball bearings i was like oh god yeah that's a problem yeah (laughs) that's a problem yeah, it was bad. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to last forever, but no, and it's just not, and we're not bashing just elite. We've talked about elite bows. Oh, no, every, there's, another, there's another manufacturer I mean, that I, has a much worse problem yeah. in bearings. I mean, granted, I normally <laughs> I try and replace my cams every year, right? If not, you know, more than once a year. But yeah, the longest I usually try and let them go is two years. Yeah, because you'll normally you'll start hearing them buzz before they before you know, they get go bad. so bad that you're yeah. starting to get misses, right? Uh, but that, this bo- that I mean, buzzing is your ball bearings shifting. In yeah, there. buzzing around in there, yeah. and I, I hadn't changed this one at all. I've been shooting this bow for three years almost, <laughs> and Shit, it never messed. Twenty nineteen. We're here in the shop, mm-hmm. and he texts Courtney, and Courtney was practicing, and Courtney comes flying up through the back. I'm in here actually doing inventory. Oh my god, Bridger's cam bearings bad now. Like, are you kidding me? And she's like, No. Do you know a shop up there? And 
I just went and Googled Elite, and I called Boshack, I think so. Uh, the Bow Rack. The yeah. Bow Rack. Those guys were awesome. They yeah. knew Bridger. They're like, yeah, tell Bridger to get his butt down here. We got bearings. Um, and then I called Kidder right after that. Mm-hmm. I said, Blake, you ain't going to believe what dumbass did. <laughs> He's like, what? Why, why am I like <laughs> Because I want to tell you why. Because me and Blake, Blake's like, yeah, how many shots has he got on those cams? I'm like, bro, like three to four years, what, let's say 20,000, maybe 100 I, and I bet there's over a quarter million shots. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then, so the next question out of Blake was, that, does he not have this extra set of cams he takes with him? I'm like, no, he's Bridger. He's, he's going to, I used to fly. He probably carries a Dremel side. tool. I used to fly to the other side of the planet with one, with one with bow. One bow. One when bow. I went to, ne- when I oh, went I to world cup final, I had one bow and eight arrows. <laughs> This guy's in, he's re- the first time Folks, I went to I'm, Reading, I'm, I'm, I okay, showed up with listeners. Let me do, educate you on something don't do that, <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, he got fixed. And actually, Blake and I, Blake, we already ordered him. You have another set of cams coming that you're going well, to take. I already swiped that set off the wall up there. Yeah, so. we have another set, brand new set coming. So, we're gonna. You, well, those ones are I think me and I think me and Brand Blake new were set as soon as you get it, change the bearings. Yeah, I think so. me and Courtney were talking about making you a, a, a mini care, crash care baggage, see, crash baggage. Okay, yeah. I torture test a lot of my equipment. That's why I don't worry Dude. about having a fix-it kit because I know if if it ain't broke while I was practicing, <laughs> it ain't going to break there. You I'm know a what? lot nicer usually. You're right, I dude. Here. I Bridger tested my bow day before yesterday. <laughs> Cause Bro. so I've got, I've got this little motor on the back of my chair Oh yeah, and I'm sitting at home practicing and this motor's controlled by a bracelet and the bracelet, you tap it and it activates, right? So I, the bracelet's broken. I can't turn it on or off. So I just left it on, took it off, put it in my release pouch, got done shooting and I go to grab it. And I guess the motion activated it. So my chair starts took off. going and I mean, it's pushing through the brakes and I'm like, oh shit, I've got the bow in one hand. And trying to grab a wheel in the other one, and I'm like, this thing isn't turning right. It's not turning, and I'm running out of driveway. I was sideways on the driveway, and all I see is grass. And I've got like, I don't know, like a five, six, maybe ten degree slope of grass going down into dirt and rock. And I'm like, oh shit, like I'm about to fuck myself up pretty bad. So I, I tossed my bow onto the driveway, and I heard it smack. Oh yeah. You do it on the driveway? What was I going to do? In the grass. Dude, I could not think about grass at that point. I was thinking, <laughs> I'm going to break my legs. I'm going to break my neck. Break your legs. Something <laughs> as bad as going to happen. And sure shit, as soon as my chair hit the grass, I went over. Did it endo? Oh, dude, I, I slammed into the ground. That is but I very calmly grabbed my phone, which, by the way, there, it's really sunny. So now face recognition will not yeah, will recognize can't, me. can't see anything. Yeah, so I had to call my wife and be like, hey, Court. You need I just to come get me. I've, I've I just fallen. I fucked myself really bad. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, do I need to get you a life alert? Life alert? Maybe life alert. <laughs> Probably. I mean, my my friend and I were joking about that yesterday. I'm, so I'm, you lost your bow on the concrete? No, I tossed my bow on the concrete. Um, it landed on my sight. Didn't bend my sight pin, but it landed on the on the mount, yeah. like the the little tightening thing on the mount, yeah, the, mm-hmm. and the the stabilizer. The riser was fine. The uh, the limb was fine. It didn't hit hard or anything. Just barely noticed. But anyway, went and ran some errands, came back, grabbed my bow, went and shot again. Didn't even change the sight or anything. Yeah, it was really? dead on. I was like, you okay. You, you, Bridger, you, Bridger, you Bridger tested it. Yeah. Torture test. 
Yeah. I'm, Manufacturers, I'm if you want someone to test your equipment and make sure it goes through hell and I'll, back, I'll tell you what it takes to break it. It's Bridger Eaton all I'll, day. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what it takes to break that down, bitch. You know what's crazy, though? Like I said, you've shot, I mean, I watched you shoot the last couple months, just thousands of arrows through that bow. And it's just, it was shocking when Courtney came up here and told me, said what happened. I was like, my God. It finally happened. Why didn't it happen here? You could have fixed it, it here. Well, and that's the thing. Like, shit like that never happens never. when it's an opportune time. Nope. Like, even if it was two days beforehand. Could have been like, gosh, I keep missing low at the bottom or well, keep missing high or something's feeling weird drawn back or letting down, whatever. And I could have changed it here. Yeah. The frustrating thing is that you left here shooting pretty damn good. You went there shooting good. You, uh, you cleaned the course day two. And yes, it was an easier side, but who cares? Who knows what would happen if you'd have had yeah, everything day thing. one? Yeah. I mean, granted, <laughs> I, it's not like I cleaned day two and day three and shot nine yeah. down for the weekend. Like I shot poorly on the third day. But that portion of the course is always uphill, and I always struggle on that section. And it probably doesn't help that normally by that point I'm like eight plus points down. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to have the old. You just don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. That's you know to shoot that section a little better. But so I mean, it, I've shot that portion really well in the past. It's so not you know, a hard. It's not a hard section. It's just easy to miss. So that's another point, and this is why I always talk about starting a new circuit because you just said something that. You know, maybe we'll shift gears a little bit because you don't have the I I give a F on day three if you're already eight points down. Let's say, on yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be like making the cut for the weekend at a PGA tournament, but you're ten strokes out. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you made the cut. What? I mean, granted, there, you know, you're if you make the cut, you make ha- make fifty grand. Well, but. so therein and therein lies my my question is that you know I've always said that we've got to find a way to get people monetarily paid down into the half the field so that your idea, uh, you know, your, I don't give a F doesn't come into play on day three. Like for example, in that, and I always use bass fishing as an example, but we, when we figured out a way to pay half the field, 50% of our field, if I bombed on day one and two of a three day tournament, I know I would be fishing for a check on day three. You hear it all the time. These guys would be like, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to cash a check. And it was a $10,000 check to finish 50th. Um, so it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you guys have the, I don't give a F because your, your practice, it's a very expensive practice well, at that point. Honestly, that's exactly how I shot the last day. I shot it like a practice round. Yeah. Like I work, on I some, tried to work make, on some things. Yeah. I tried to make good shots, but like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't letting down on every single arrow. Right. And you know, obviously like if I'm shooting poorly or if Domi was struggling a little bit, like last year, Domi ended up missing one or two on the third day. And I ended up cleaning them up on those targets for the team event. For the team event, yeah. But, like, I always shoot second for the team team shot. Uh, just how, I mean, I shoot better second than, you know, than Domi does. If I don't want to make him have to be forced to shoot a 22 after watching me shoot a 21. Right, exactly. So he always likes shooting first. I prefer to shoot second. And he cleaned the third day. So it's like, all right, well, I I mean, I can't mess it up for our team here if right. he's already got a 22 in the target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I that's exactly how I shot it. Was like a practice day. Yeah, it sucks. But it's, there's got to be a way to fix it, and or scoring. And I don't know what their answer is, but I'll find a way to put another scoring dot that allows you to get back in the game. If you you know bonus rings, twelve, you know whatever it may be. And I don't know what that is, but I just think there's got to be a way to do it. I don't know. Well, I mean, you you okay? You say if you're out of the game, you want to have another scoring ring. Like it's just going to turn into what. Tim does at the OPA and the guy in first place. And granted, I did it too, not knowing where I was at that year. Just hits him. Down. Yeah, just, 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 keep, just keep slaying him. Yeah. Or how it is now at the 
in known pro, you got to shoot. Fuck, dude, you got to shoot forty eight up to make yeah, a shoot down. Dude, I know it's crazy. You got to hit over fifty percent of the twelves with no eights. No, the scores are getting down. crazy. They are. They're getting crazy. I mean, the good. The, I think the equipment's getting so damn good, and these archers are so good now. That yeah. it's, it's crazy. I mean, okay. Well, you say that we had <laughs> Jesse shot the high score running one down like God, 10, 12 six, years ago, eight years ago, yeah, or better. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, Grant, it's almost always between two and five down, right, for first place at Reading, which that is a very attainable score. What was it today? With this year, two, two, two down. Yeah. Gaius and Lewis. Uh, Gaius Carter and Louis Price both shot uh, two down. Two down. So Gaius cleaned the third day. Louis was clean going into the third day, and he missed two, I mean, fairly difficult targets. He said that portion of the course, which I would call that the canyon uh, where we shot, so targets 25 through 44 was our last day. And it was, I think he missed a 40-something-yard mule deer right before the – right before the standing bears across the canyon. Super easy one to miss, and the wind in there is tough to Terrible. judge. Because yeah. you're, I mean, it's in the canyon part, and you're shooting uphill on both sides of it. You're running to the bottom. you get to the back of it, and you're shooting you across the canyon. To, for yeah. the canyon bears. So the wind in there is just, I mean, it could, you could feel it on you going one way, and by the time you're at the target, it could be going the exact opposite have, way, 10 miles an hour fast. I was going to ask you, do they have flags at the targets? Mm-mm. No. Nothing. So you're just looking at foliage. Yeah. And praying That's the other advantage of shooting second is I got to watch where everybody else misses. <laughs> but like that target, I missed one on that target as well. And my first shot broke. I was holding the right side because I, I mean, the wind was just ripping from the bottom up towards yeah. the top with the thermals rising during the day. I was aiming right side. Broke and barely hung my first arrow right side. And the wind is, I mean, I'm getting blasted in the face with wind. Right. And the second one, I broke dead center and missed it by 16th of an inch out the right. But, yeah, I watched Louie and Gaius and everybody else that on the A group in our target shoot it, and all of them were on the left side of the dot. Really? Yeah. So, it, like, it's just it's weird how, like – from one tart or one group to another, I mean, literally minutes apart, the wind can be doing something something different. Well, different. that's that's mountain thermals, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, telling it's, you. It's I mean, I know. enjoy that. Like I remember, I was talking <clears throat> to, uh, oh shit, who was it at the airport? Dummy Matthew Shooter. But he, I was talking to one of the guys to shoot ASA with at the airport, and he's like, "Man, I just." I don't like this tournament because it's hard for me to judge, you know, judging the wind and the technical side of all that stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but I like, that's why I like the, like this tournament. Like I could, he's like, yeah, but I could break the best shot ever and not hit the dots. Like, okay, well you're getting ready to go to the IBO. Like I can misjudge a target by 10 or by five yards. It don't matter how good of a shot I make. I ain't going to be within (laughs) the same fucking zip code of that. Exactly. 11 or 12 ring. So, I mean, it's just a different, it's just a different skill set. Yeah. It learning is. how to do all that. Well, that's probably the, arguably probably the toughest archery tournament out there. Well, they're doing, uh, yes they're doing no. field nationals right now. I would right say now. probably the feet of field stuff. Is well, this going on right now. It's going in right now, isn't it? Yeah, they're doing uh, feet of field nationals uh, alongside trials there. I would say that is more difficult just because you're limited on what electronics you can use, which is none. Like you can't even use a inclometer. Whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up. You, you can't use your rangefinder? Anything. You can't use anything. No, no. Is it unknown distance? The first day is unknown distance. You're, so you're judging. Day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you're judging 20, 20, 40, 60, 80 centimeter targets. Now they have a bracket system. So you can, if Paige, because I stayed at Paige Pearson Tate yeah. Morgan's house. This she did a pretty week. good video. Yeah, so she talked about it in a post she made. But basically you figure out, uh, she's got to use like a five power, but she's got her scope like two feet out in front of her bow. But you figure out what power lens you need to shoot with the sides of your scope and everything. And basically at your middle distance for whatever size target it is, your scope will match the outer ring of that target for that specific distance. And then based on where your pin is, if you're closer or further away, you just line your scope housing up with the edge of that target. And where your pin is on the target oh, face yeah, yeah, will yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. within a meter or two <clears throat> how far what your is. distance is. So you're essentially, then if that's the case, you're going to go full draw. Yeah, you draw back, sh- look at it, figure out where it is, let down. let down, move your sight, draw back again, and shoot, shoot it. No kidding. Mm-hmm. I did not know they did not know that. Yeah, yeah. so all the all the shit that's illegal to do in IBO to judge distance, that's how they judge distance. That's how they judge it there. Yeah. So you're not essentially judging draw. Yeah, you're not just walking up to it and no, guessing how far it is like right. you do at you know, like you like do at IBO, IBO or right. ASA gotcha. in the unknown division. So you are allowed reference reference yeah. judging. Right. But you can't you know, there's no range finder. You can't have cuts. There's no, there's no cuts on your You range. can't even carry a cut chart? Like, no cut chart, no notes. Uh, like you can't carry a notepad that says when my pen is here on this target, it's this So you gotta have distance. it in memory. Yeah, you have to memorize everything. There's no no outside assistance when it comes to any of that stuff. So you got to be good at judging, judging your cuts for up and down hills, right, right. all that other stuff. Damn. I would say that's probably harder, but due to that, yes. Yeah. And as well as most of the time, a feet of field course is going to be a little bit more difficult as far right. as terrain and everything. Now, granted, and you're shooting west, you're shooting dots that are different sizes according to their range yardage. Yeah. So that's what makes which it harder. I mean we do in Reading too. Yeah, you do in Reading. Yeah, you're right. The dot size corresponds to the five ring size of a NFAA field round. All right. So excluding Elk Herd and Bigfoot because they're beyond 80 yards. All right. So Damn, that's crazy. I did not know that about that. I did not know there was an unknown portion mm-hmm. of that course. So I guess today they're shooting marked, <coughs> but today, they're still yeah, not today, allowed to carry any cuts or anything like that. Were, they're recording marks today, the marked range today, but... Yeah, yesterday was unknown. I think Paige made a post about it. She shot a really good score, but she shot like, like four miss, seventeen. She missed dial four, ten four yards on one. Yeah. She said it killed her. God, Jesse shot good too. He shot yeah. like four seventeen or four twenty somewhere around there. Yeah, he's leading for sure. I think it's him. Dave's in second, and Dan Yaza's in third, which was the field team two years ago or three years ago, whatever the last field that field. In Cortina. What's that? The one yeah, in Italy, one Cortina. Italy, yeah. That's yeah. wild. Well, and they're coming back and doing field worlds in Yankton. In Yankton, yep. They're in Yankton now, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I want to I wanna know where the hell they set those courses up because I've never that picture that Paige posted, Dude, I've that never was way seen uphill. I've never seen that hill before. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a hill that big in yeah. South Dakota. Maybe it's off site. Maybe that's about the be. only way they could de- do that. I I imagine you could set up one hell of a field course at that uh, Lewis and Clark. At the reservoir? Yeah, at the yeah. Lewis and Clark deal because there's a lot of bluffs from the river and mm. the lake there. I mean, hell, I remember walleye fishing out there with Courtney last year and like there's literal rock faces. Really? And stuff. You get some actual good topography change up there, yeah. but uh, I didn't wake up for walleye fishing. 
<laughs> you didn't get out of I was bed. supposed to wake up one day and go walleye fishing, yeah, and I was like, go. man, screw this. We're going to Mount Rushmore instead. Yeah, you were going to go and tell me where all the fish were. Yeah. He was going to go out with a guide and tell oh, me Oh, yeah, that's right. Were. I remember that. You said that. That's crazy. That's cool, though. Well, so, other big term after this is we've got, man, because I know so you I'm, guys. We actually get a bit of a break here. Yeah, I mean, you I guys guess we do. have that. we have that Paris deal. The, yeah, the Southwest. I shootout. catch no breaks, so I'm back shooting USA archery after a year of turmoil, uh, which I posted on Instagram a while back. You know that mm-hmm. that whole thing mm-hmm. of me being suspended, but all the details will probably come out later. Anyway, I'm I'm off of that. We won the case, and it was a big deal. And now I got to go to Gator Cup in two weeks. So you used to shooting, so I go get used to shooting your cub draw weight again. Exactly. exactly. So I got to go back to 45 pounds, no peep, no scope, which is not bad. I've actually been putting up some good scores. It's like riding a bike, just like riding a really stupid bike. Um, so yeah, I got to turn around, go to Gator Cup in two weeks, then come home for a week, drive to SoCal, mm-hmm. come back, reset, go to Metropolis, and then... I, I I don't shoot FIDA again until the middle of August. So I've got Metropolis and Coleman. Yeah. And then I'll go to Nationals out in freaking who knows where, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. in Endicaville, I think. Yeah. In Malvern, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Outside of Philly. God dang. You're going to be driving all that, too. You're going to spend some. You, you just said about $2,000 in gas bills right there. Just bro. sold the house, so. Yeah, but still, yeah. Jesus. God, no, 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 no. Now I might, I might fly to one or two of them. Yeah. Uh, the big one, you know, that I'm worried about is SoCal. That's gonna be, that's not gonna be cheap. So I'm no, planning no. on just going there, shooting, and literally driving back. Yeah, just coming back. And then I think we're taking Courtney's car. So <laughs> save on gas so you there, but gas. well, but your yeah, van doesn't I mean, get good gas mileage. Yeah, it's a six cylinder and it sucks. It. I was gonna say it gets about the same. Little, just like a, a little bit more than my truck. Twenty two. Yeah. Was yeah. my average when when we drove well, that's out to not Benny? Bad. Yeah, Courtney's I was calling car, it a yeah, trailer. Five though. Yeah, compared to like thirty five. Thirty five in the car. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. did. We did. It was funny. Me and me and Anderson drove to Fort Benning in a Honda Accord. I literally have not been in a car for any extended period of time, and God, I can't remember when. That was so weird to sit down low and all these trucks oh, are yeah, going by high yeah. and you're looking at them like, whoa, I'm scary. close to the ground. It is scary. It's yeah. weird. I don't know why you wouldn't be used to that. <laughs> well, bite me hard. Because <laughs> my, uh, my vertically challenged height. You're proportionate. You're fine. Yeah, whatever. No, so, but that's that's wild. So you got a busy ass. Yeah, we got a lot of archery going on. Um, you know, that's one thing I was thinking about because Paige had made, talked about in that post. I, She's been going hard for three weeks. Her and I talked about it, and I'm, I'm, I'll tell you guys the same thing I told her. I don't miss that at fucking all. No, dude. I mean, God, I remember being gone for, you know, like six, eight weeks at a time. Yeah. Going to shoot, bouncing between USA and NFA and field and yeah. everything else. And it's like, ah, man, I... It's getting I, to the point I loved, now. I love doing it, but man, I don't. I don't necessarily miss being yeah. gone and traveling all that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's hard. And Dude, on it, top of the it, fact it wears that you the f out. And these organizations are doing. It seems like they're just. There's less and less weekends to schedule now, mm-hmm. and man, they're just shoving it in wherever they can. Because like the Dakota Classic. That's never really. Has it been a shoot every year? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, but it's the never South Dakota Classic. But have they always done it in the Dakota summer? Classic? No, so I don't normally, remember them doing the summers. Normally, it was always Fall. in. No, it's all. It's always been in April. So early spring. Yeah, they've always done it in April, and until the COVID year, 
uh, we they pushed it back when they yeah when they push everything to do like when they did the jamboree or whatever the yeah. hell they called it where there was they like three like tournaments and four tournaments in one yeah um, since then they've they've done it that time which I mean I guess it doesn't really it matter, matter when no. they do it because it's an indoor shoot right but that's just weird though yeah I mean there's a lot of tournaments that are, that are scheduled out between IBO ASA USA and NFA I mean there's a mm. lot of archery. Yeah, a lot. Because right now you got the NFA. Isn't there a USA Archery event going on too? No, no, not till end of okay. What like right now? Yeah, I thought there was yeah two field field. That's field not, that's NFA. Yeah. No, it isn't. The one going on this weekend. That's the page just shot. That is USA. Oh, it is. That's yeah, USA because it's World yeah. Archery. That's uh, a world field world championship. archery field round and trials. That's the, for that's the one we used to have here at Eagle Lake. Yes, in Texas all yep. all the time. I wonder why they don't go back there. That course is insane. You've seen? Have you shot it there? No, I've heard that course is phenomenal. It's insane. That's the one where you stand on top of the, on top the of that water, wire. No, the, the water the, deal. Yeah, the water and there's container. a well. There's one. It's a what do they call it? The wire. The wire barrel. It's a big. Yeah, maybe that's the one. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. It's like a, what they with the ships when they when they uh, ship the the wire. I mean, this mm-hmm. is as big as this room. I mean, it's massive. Oh, the big yeah, the big uh, the uh, winding thing for the yeah. wire. Yeah, it's massive. And the you spool? shoot straight to F the downhill yeah, off a cliff. Spool. Yeah, big spool. That's it. I was looking for that word. Crazy place, though. I'm surprised. But yeah, they never, they haven't been back there in, God, 10 years, 10, 12 years now. Maybe That's longer. That long. You don't think so? It's been maybe like five or six years since it was here. No. Our shop's been open for six, and they didn't, they haven't shot it there. It wasn't, while I was it open. wasn't the last trials. It was the trials before they shot down here. Really? Mm-hmm. Was, I'd like to see them come back, though. It'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I've heard local. that that is a phenomenal course. Change it around a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, it seems like everything now is up in Yankton, and it's just, I don't care what anybody says, San Antonio is a lot easier place to shoot out of than Well, Yankton, it's just South easier Dakota. to get in and out of. Well, yeah. Yeah. And you got rooms. You don't stay at a lake, maybe in a cabin or a tent. Well, you just look at Total Archery Challenge, how many people come down here. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of spaces to stay. Yeah. Lots to do. Yeah, that's crazy. Then having to... Where where do you fly into when you go to Yankton? For Yankton, uh, Sioux City or Sioux well, Falls? I've never flown. He's not flying. You he just drive up. Just yeah, drove. yeah, but a lot of Hope people have some to reason, fly up it's there. It's closer than my parents' house. <laughs> Three hours closer than driving to my parents. Are you kidding me? Really? No, it's like because it was like fourteen for us to drive up there. Yeah, straight up. Fourteen or fifteen it takes you seventeen to get to seventeen to get to my parents. Holy crap! Yeah, that's Iowa like versus most, South Dakota. You would not think that. I think most people. For flying into that shoot, if they're flying into a big market airport, they're going into uh, Omaha. Omaha. And then either Sioux Falls is probably the next largest, and then a small handful of people will fly into Sioux City. But that Sioux City's got a tiny airport. A little, teeny, re- teeny, little regional, teeny, regional. Teeny, teeny, tiny. Yeah. I mean, Sioux Falls ain't very big either. Yeah. None but, of those airports are big. But, I mean, even Sioux Falls is the closest, and it's still an hour and 15 minutes give or take omaha is like two and a half three gosh and there's i mean when you when you talk about staying if you don't get an airbnb there's There's one hotel and like three hotels in town yeah there's that one really nice one you get the holiday inn express right across kelly inn right right which is right at the field there yeah and the days in and then yeah days in that one's okay and then a couple other beater hotels Uh, and, and and what blows my mind is they want to make that the archery center capital of archery and it just that 
kills me. Yeah, I mean, the facility's nice. The facility I heard is amazing. I've never been there. It's a great yeah. building. No, I heard like, it's it phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, even the course layouts outside, they say, are phenomenal. I'd rather go to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Well, easier to get into. There. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I always go back to the point that if you're, you can't make your, I mean, I don't know. They just, you, there's no way to get in and out of there easily and cheaply. I remember one year they held world up there, world trials, I think it was, or championships. The, they held youth world. About six years ago. Well, no, they, no, they held indoor, they, indoor world championships three they, years ago. This yeah, was in 2018, outdoor. They had it there out. The only outdoor worlds they've had there was they last might, year. It was six well, years ago. It, yeah. Because I know we, been, we opened up that year. The reason I said. World, then. So we were going to go and take, I don't know, Adam was going to shoot it. And we just said, well, hell, you know, it's here in the U.S. for the, you know, we hadn't, I hadn't been in a while. I think it was in the United States. And we waited until like 30 days before. Huh, that was a joke. There was nothing available. Yeah. So we decided not to go. And it was me and actually about five or six other people couldn't find a place to stay. We were stuck with either camping or staying an hour and a half away and driving mm-hmm. in. I was like, screw that. Well, when they had indoor nationals, I stayed in Vermilion, which is 30 minutes. Yeah. Most people I know for the, for the youth world that was there, uh, they all, a lot of the international team stayed over in Vermilion because really? they, yeah, well, it's a bigger I started town. there last year. A little bit. That's where South Dakota State is. Yeah. I started there last, last year I started in Vermilion for like two, three days and then moved over to mm-hmm. Kelly. Gotcha. It's just, it's 20, 30 minute drive. Vermilion's got a lot to do, but I'd rather be close to the tournament. Yeah, it's a, I mean, Vermilion's definitely a bigger town, but yeah, it is kind of a pain in the butt being that far from from a venue. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks for sure. But I heard them in an amazing venue. So, yeah. What are you going to do? It is what it is. But yeah, you do have a lot of archery coming up. Sure. Sure. We all do. We all do. I don't know. It's winding down. It we flew got, by got this a year. little bit of a break here for yeah. that for us mere mortals. So we yeah. get that parachute, which I mean, obviously we'll go. Like I'll go to that just more to Good be practice. able to look at practice or look at targets and anything yeah. else. But yeah. As far as national events, don't really have anything till London. You got London, Metropolis, and Coleman left. Yeah, and that's and it. Then, uh, well, I'll go to I'll go to field nationals for NFAA, mm-hmm. uh, and then whatever. Whatever NFA stuffs up in Skankton, so yeah, I think I'm going to miss that this year. Oh, well, <laughs> take a little break, yeah. Up there, yeah. So Dude, my my goal is is trying to make the uh, the traveling team to go to Chile in November, mm-hmm. go to that pair of Pan American Games, just to go out there and see what's what's Chile like more than anything. Chile, Chile. I've heard it's I've heard it's cool. I've heard it's a cool country. It's gonna be weird because it's gonna be November and it'll be hot. Yeah. Well on the yeah, but you're end. you're at depend and I guess depending I might on where come you're back, at. I might come back with a penguin. <laughs> depending on where you're at there, you're at like an insane elevation. Yeah. Some of that country. Like that whole because Chile's the, the one that's like the edge of it's, South America. Yeah, it's, the Andes. it's like it's like all mountains. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it touches Antarctica. Yeah. Pretty much. What? Yeah, the very bottom of it. Nah, yeah, really? I didn't know that. The, I don't know. I That's don't why know I said the, I can come back with a penguin. I don't yeah, know it's what like, the it's straits like, called, but they like, do have penguins down there. It's like what double the length of California, I think. It's massive, it's long it's and thin, big. But if it's anything like uh, when you, we used to go to Medellin, like it'd be we were going in the middle of summer, and granted, Medellin is considered the city of the eternal summer, mm-hmm. but it was like everywhere else down there, it was like. 90 degrees, and when we were in town there, it's sunny and 75 every day. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, some of the most beautiful, beautiful weather. weather I've ever been in. Like, just perfect. Now that's not a communist country, is it? Colombia? No. No, no, Chile. No, no Chile? No. That's Venezuela you're thinking Venezuela, about. yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'd be going. No, you probably wouldn't. Be. Well, I mean, sometimes you'd. Yeah, that's true. Probably wouldn't be I mean, we go to China. China's. China's pretty communist, bro. True. <laughs> China. China. <laughs> I take that back. China. Oh, man. So, yeah. Got to get. Got to get arrow setups. Got to get bow setups. We should probably do a technical stuff one of these days. Yeah, probably should. You're going to be pretty right. technically driven over the next freaking six, three months. We could talk about level and sites. There's like an eight, eight Brit- page thread on archery talk about how to level a site. Is right it now. really? Oh man! I, can you can you break down how to level oh a site, please? God. All right, level your housing to your elevation <laughs> bracket first. <laughs> yeah. Then level Dude, it's so easy. Then using the housing level, level your elevation bracket to your extension bar. These guys. And then draw your bow back, point it up, point it down, move your sight all the way to the top, shoot it, move your sight all the way to the bottom, shoot it. And if your left and right stays the same, then you're good to go. You know what kills me? Is it, it takes it, this is getting worse. Like we I've it seems like in the last week, and there's some shop is doing this now. I thought about doing this, but I don't know if I don't know. This shop is posting I want to say it's the bow rack. I can't remember who it is, but on Instagram, every day they're posting something about, like if something crazy happens, like a customer comes in and asks a dumb question or, you know, or argues, they get into a, you know what I mean? There's, it's just drama. They was even called shop drama. Okay. And every day they're posting about something that happens there because every day in the shop you get something stupid happen. I mean, of course, I, I remember the guy, the guy, the guy that comes in is like, oh man, I just shoot my bow in the backyard, Dundee, blow it up. Yeah, exactly. I remember the guy that came in one day and was like, I need to get my strings replaced because I was out there and uh, the only, my string blew up and the only thing I had was fishing wire or fishing <laughs> line. And he came in, he had fishing line on his, on, tied up to his string. Yeah. No, seriously, this, but it's, it's hilarious because they post that, but it seems like more and more just over the last, I don't know, the last month. And, it's, and it is not getting better, it's getting worse. The amount of bullshit that is on the internet about archery is mind-boggling. Oh, dude, you'd think we'd be smarter. Like, the, it's the entirety of human intelligence is available to every human on the internet. Yeah. And we... we I mean, it's... <laughs> we, no, it's We crazy. still struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, and what the problem is, is that it's given a platform for the unprofessional to be professional. Of course. And that's what makes me crazy. Like, I'll tell you, there's a guy, I'm not going to say who it is or whatever, but I know a guy here in locally that is buying a bow from every manufacturer and he's going to start a review. Was joking with one of the other, my buddies who owns a shop about how he's got nine followers. That's it right now. And he's going to, he has literally bought a bow from every manufacturer. He's going to do bow reviews. I just, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, what's, dude, what's one more? God dang, there's already thousands and literally 995 of them are morons. PJ Riley's not going to like it. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's like, how many times can you talk about how quiet, dead in the hand, and vibration free it is? Because <laughs> it's all they're going to talk about. I mean, it's yeah, the Matthews I, effect. <laughs> give me quiet, something, quiet, dead give me hand, something interesting, free. something useful. Dude, something I it's could do. unbelievable. I, I, honestly, there's a lot of customers and people that talk, hey, you know, you guys are technical. You guys look at things different. Why don't you do a bow review? Because I don't want to get in that mix. Well, and it's it's not because, worth it. I mean, we we try and do our best sell products we know work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may not like I. Me personally, I I do not get along with prime bows. I just don't like right, right. like not that I think they're a bad piece of equipment. Right. I just 
I do not like you personally do. don't shoot them. Yeah, well. I just don't like I. To me, they I just don't like the way they feel when they shoot. Right. Like, not that it vibrates or that it the right. bad dry cycle or anything like that. It's a great bow, mm-hmm. awesome piece of equipment. Yep, ain't my cup of tea. Right. It's like I know a Toyota rolls down the road just as good or better than anything else out there. I just, I hate driving them. I'm the same it's way. Say, it's, I'm the same but way. But it's the same type of thing. It's yeah. all. It's just a Ford Chevy it's Dodge so argument. It is. He just it's, talked himself out of me selling my car. No, bro, for real. I, just, I like their cars. It's, I mean, I'm no, talking like trucks. their pickups. I yeah, had, I had, I picked up a Toyota Tundra by four years it, ago. Yeah, drove it straight to Montana. Okay, literally picked it up, came back, loaded it up, and drove it to Montana. Hunted out of it for three weeks and drove home. And I sold it a month after I got back. But, but, uh, so I didn't along, like it. along those lines, you know, we're talking trucks instead of bows, but like along those lines, performed, performed flawlessly. Flawlessly. Die your cup of tea. Just didn't but like that's it. That's how bows, that, I mean, bows are the same way. Yep. Like it, whatever bow feels the best to you and you're the most comfortable with, you, you will always shoot that bow better. A hundred percent. Just like I, I mean, because the me mental with, part of it. Yeah. Me with the victory. Like I shoot that victory well. I think that result is a, is probably a better bow. It is a better bow from a, Technical technical standpoint, standpoint yeah. I just I don't shoot it as good. Right, they don't they don't I don't get points for how technically advanced <laughs> my bow is. No, I get points for where my arrows land. So right. I figured that's probably the thing I should be judging whether oh, yeah. or not I shoot a bow off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, and, and what's funny is that people will pick, and it's funny because when we the way we sell bows in here, the way we try to we try to talk customers into shooting all the brands they can. Hell, I even encourage them to go to you know, down the street to the other shops to go shoot the ones yeah. that we don't carry. If, if I want you them to do that. that. wants to try a different bow or yeah. something that we don't have, like... Go do this. Do it. Check like, it. You know, you need to see, but it's funny because I, I hear it all. I mean, I had a guy in here the other day talking about, well, I'm going to, I want to get the Matthews because it resells easier. So when I, when I'm done with it, I can sell it faster. I just wanted to tell the guy, dude, that is the worst reason on planet earth to pick a bow. I mean, literally the worst reason. Because... You know, he wanted to be good and get better and stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm not saying anything because he was a Matthews, you know, follower, tried and true. But it's just a horrible reason. I mean, yeah, maybe if you change bows every six months and you're not serious about shooting and you don't want to get better, then maybe that's a good way to pick one, you know. But at the end of the day, as an archery coach or teacher and educator, that is the worst reason to pick a bow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but, but I've had guys literally, I had one, well, I think you were working with a guy. He got down to two bows, literally, and could not bring himself to shoot the prime. He just, oh I just, yeah, 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 I can't do it. Even though he liked it more, he liked that bow more. He, he could not bring himself to shoot. He's like, it. Man, I, I hate that I like it. Yes, is what he kept saying. And actually, I think you set that prime up and got it ready to roll. Like he was ready to and walk the eleventh hour. He said no. <laughs> yeah, he was going to a meeting. He's like, ah, I gotta go to a meeting here. I'll be back in two hours. But don't like. Set the elite up. Yeah, take everything <laughs> off of that, put it on the elite. I can't do it. Yeah. It just <laughs> blows my mind. I mean, so guys will pick brands over functionality or comfort or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that, that they like. That was a good good test for, I was like, man, you know, the guys and their brands, man. And I don't blame them. Hey, mm-hmm. I shot a Prime once. Yeah. I'm proud some, of it. Some guys shoot them well. I mean, they're, they're, they ain't a bad bell, man. No, it's There's just nothing no. wrong with them. It's just that. It, just doesn't fit me. Doesn't doesn't fit the way that I like to shoot a bow. Like shoot and a the bow. way I yeah. want the bow to feel to fit my right. shot. Well, you know, I think a lot of it, and not 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 we're not we're bashing prime, but talking about the technical side of prime. So what 
I shot the prime rise when it came out, which was a traditional, what I call a uh, 60-40 riser. It was a center, center draw. It wasn't a center grip. It was a It was a center school. draw. It was a center draw, but still 60% riser up top, right. 40 on the bottom. It was yeah. a traditional cam. Um, and shot that bow lights out. I mean, won tons of tournaments that year with it, state, everything. And it was a camo bow, I'll never forget. And, and Glenn took it and then won a national program with it. And so that bow had a lot of mojo. And then the year they came out with the center grip, on paper, technically, it is one of the, the most coolest things that has been invented in archery, I think, in a decade. I mean, to, to put the grip center, to have a true center yeah. shot... Both X and Y axis, um, big I mean, cam, little cam, all that stuff. I mean, was, to be fair, they didn't invent it. Well, they didn't invent it, but it had been tried by two other companies and failed miserably. I mean, Hoyt, Hoyt and Martin tried it, and the, them bows it, were. Advantage Elite they, Plus was a center was, grip, and that yeah, was probably the best bow, no. they, best target bow. That they didn't I run big the, cam, little cam. They, well, no, that's why we could never tune it. I could never get the bow tuned. Dude, I, I could go shoot a three fifty bare, with bare shots really? with that bow. I shot the piss out of that thing. But either way, I couldn't shoot that bow after I got it and we set it up. I remember talking to cousins about it. I was like, I, this bow shoots. I couldn't, I, I get, I didn't, didn't have enough feedback mm -hmm. to well, figure I, out the bow was doing. That's why a lot of guys. So Colton Hamilton shot those bows really well. And, uh, Sean Vincent shoots them still. He's shooting the Nexus six still, I think, but they, that's why a lot of guys will put so much weight on the front of that thing Yeah, to give the to bow get, direction. To give it some drag. Because mm -hmm. it used to flow. It used to float out there. I remember I shot a Vegas round with bars and without because cousins told me to try it. And I shot the same scores. Same score. Same freaking scores. I was like, and then he, he, he made a comment. Yeah, so go go to the next pro am and shoot that <laughs> with no bars. I'm like, hell no. He's like, well, you could, you know. But I, I'm like you. I never, I cannot get used to their center grip. If there's one thing I would wish Prime would do was go build back. a traditional go back to a binary, traditional. yeah, traditional riser binary cambo it's just a different feel it's a and different it's feel old, it's all feel i mean i say us old school guys like i i still shoot old equipment you so shoot I, old school you are like, a what do they call it a i always tell cody you're an old soul in archery you like the old school stuff <laughs> i made the most money with a bow that i designed <laughs> when i was like four years four old. years old <laughs> exactly yeah the old apex or um, old C4, C4. 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 Yeah. Well, I guess the original Conquest was that one came out what like ninety seven. Oh, dude. Well, I guess old. it would have been the Rival Pro. Yeah. That was the Deflex Riser version of it. Right. But. No, but anyways, it's I'm like you though. I I have trouble. I don't. I can't get the feedback I need out of that bow, and I just don't shoot it well. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because I've tried it every single year. The new one comes in. I'll go back here and put bars on it, shoot it, and it is literally the same feel of no feedback. I can't make the bow hold the way I want it to. And I just, mm -hmm. it's just a weird feeling. But you know, the funny thing is I've learned through the years now, the last four years of selling that bow. Um, if you're a new archer coming in and wanting to shoot target archery, it's the shoot. easiest bow to people for people to learn, lean it's on. Easiest bow to shoot. I mean, hell look at our, one of our guys, Joey Lovell, just finished fourth at Minden in the ASA program mm -hmm. shooting 50. And this is a tough class. Dude, and he, he shoots, shoots that, that bow lights out. He kills it with that. Thing, oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, he's pretty, he's strong as an ox. He's got about 80, 80 ounces, ounces of weight, of weight on, on it. Oh yeah, exactly. But you know, it's funny you say that. I think he's doing that to make that bow feel a certain way. To get it, to give it, I mean, it's just giving it direction. Yeah. It's a lot easier to fight a bow that's only going one way. Correct. As opposed to a bow that can and will go any direction. Right. Well, it's funny you say that because what I always thought about that prime is that it, it almost floated out in front of you. Yeah. 
I mean, like it. Uh, it would just, well, that's why I it say just if, got, if it's going, if if you put ass load of weight on the front, which is how a lot of their staff guys shoot it for tournaments and stuff, you got a bunch of weight out front. That bow is only wanting to go one direction. Pull down. It's easier to push. It's easier to lean against. You can lean on that. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You're fighting one direction as opposed 100%. to trying to micromanage right. that pin moving every direction. So the the interesting thing with, with that, and you want to talk technical, is that you're going to have a bar set up that is going to be vastly different on that bow than other setups, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. I mean, because that's another thing. Like we had one of our guys was always, he had he was shooting that 39 um, Logic, you know, mm-hmm. the CT9, I think it was called, the Black 9, and um, having trouble with it. And he was running that bow, low hole bar with like, 30 ounces on it and i told him i'm like bro this bow's 39 inches long it don't need no help on the bottom side yeah you got plenty of vertical stability there and talked to him and that's the other thing i've learned about the primes they love to have that neutral xy axis mm-hmm. kind of like how you set yours up yeah i mean just everything across the middle and you know and let the length do what it does and it, and it helps so overload much. the front yeah 100 because you have to give the bow like bridger said you got to have something to push against yeah, I mean, once once you anchor, there's nothing. No, there's Absolutely nothing there, nothing. dude. And if you don't put enough weight to get that bow to drag down so you can push against it, which creates a neutral zero, you know, yeah. leverage point. You become that's a very what makes lazy it shooter. Angry. You become a very lazy shooter. Yeah, very. <laughs> but it's just, a, it's just a different design. Yeah, it's just different different strokes, different folks. Different folks. Exactly. Yeah, and some guys and gals, they but shoot they, the living daylights out of that thing. Yeah. I mean, I well, shot gross, that. Gross one this gross year. Gross one. First at, one. One in Foley, Tim. Chekarovsky uh, shot Tim good. On, shooting with Tim on day two and Foley ended up making the shoot down. It, was he yeah. shooting the end line of the Nexus? He's still, no, he's still shooting a black nine. Oh, so he's still in the black I, nine. Tim's big dude. Well, Tim's like, huge. He's, he's like 6'4". Like he's probably got 30 and a half, 31 inch draw. <laughs> he's, he's a tall fellow. Yeah, he's a giant. Apparently to run staff programs and staff programs for a archery manufacturer, you got to gotta be at like minimum six foot. No shit. Because you got Joe. Gillingham, and then you got Tim Steve. Chekorowski, Steve's big dude, which I guess I don't know how much of the well, staff. Levi, Justin Hanna. These guys well, are giants. I mean, like just, just from a manufacturer standpoint, if you're working for the manufacturer as a staff coordinator. <laughs> hell, Darren, Darren at TOG, Darren's tall. he's like 6'2". Yeah, he's a big <laughs> he's man. He's a tall fella. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. No, but that's, anyways. I'm six one and a half. <laughs> Are you really that tall you are normally? Yeah. Dude, he's gotten in his little stand-up dealio at the house before. <laughs> Shot the hell out of you. Yeah, he, he'll come wheeling out on that thing. He came wheeling out of the cat's room at the old house one day, and that thing stood up. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's you're fucking huge. tall, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Incognito. Incognito. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. But yes, anyways, back to... A lot of, I don't lot of different to, things. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't it, want to get on the internet bandwagon. No, no, no. You know, it's, and it's, it's not like we're bashing bows or anything, but 100%. Dude, I went and shot a PSC, and it destroyed my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. It just couldn't handle it. Well, you know, one thing. Shot I Shot a Prime, couldn't do it. I don't know if we want to, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I don't give a shit. But you kind of have switched gears manufacturers-wise. Yeah. In the last 45, 60 days. Yeah. About a month ago. About a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that was... I mean, I didn't have any obligations with anybody or anything, but I was I was shooting a Hoyt and I was shooting it really well. Yeah. Um, but I went back to Elite, and it was like going back to something that I was comfortable with, something so, that I knew. Are we 
And just say yes or no. Are we allowed to talk about what what's coming yeah, so, the pipe with them? Maybe, so potentially? I'm, I'm working with, with Paul Guillo. Uh, he's, a him national, and he's a national account sales manager for Elite. Yeah, he's the vice president of sales. And him and I have been talking back and forth. And uh, so we're, we're looking at starting the, the very first like adaptive archer pro staff for a manufacturer ever. Right. Um, and I'll be running that in conjunction with him and, and Darren. So... Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually really cool, but that brought me back over to Elite, and I got to see what their bows are. Uh, picked up a remedy. You're shooting the shit out of that bow. Yeah, for some reason, shooting a hunting bow works really well for me. Well, there's a lot of guys shooting that bow out there. Yeah, even on tour, there's some, mm-hmm. a lot of guys shooting, shooting that. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, but just like Bridger, you know, going going to Gator Cup went right back to the victory. You got to make some modifications on it because my only my only issue now is I'm coming from a spiral cam. Right. Used to it trying to rip my shoulder out. Where now I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, nothing. Yeah, this I need sucks. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> no, but that's pretty cool because Elite, you know, the outdoor group is going to make a. Uh, I think they're taking. Their a they're going to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, you know, there's a big mis. I don't say misconception, and I'm not going to dog Hoyt because Hoyt does amazing things for the for the industry, but they they sponsor the individual athletes to a degree, but they really don't have a a, a presence or a team that's yeah. in that genre. And Elite's going to go out and actually build that. And that's, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go out there. And, you know, there's some amazing parachuters out there that compete. You know, you've got like Matt Stutzman that made the able body team. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Thompson's a hell of a shooter. Andre. Andre. Shelby, yeah. me a couple times. Like, exactly. Yeah, I've been beat by all three of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Them boys can shoot. <laughs> yeah, you got those guys. Shoot. You've got some up and comers. You know, you've got, um, got some guys overseas that we're looking at as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's, three Turkish guys that shoot my division that if you look back, they've won world championships and has had someone on the podium in, in every international event for the last five years. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, God, I always forget his name. The Italian guy, he's been shooting on the able body team. Roly. Roly. He's been yeah. shooting on the able body team for the last 10 years. Yep. He's, he's one of two, uh, para athletes that has a world archery, um, championship like individual medal on the parasite and on the uh, able body side. We we have an affiliation with one guy out of Mexico. Yeah, we've got shooting with us. We've got a guy in Mexico that's shooting lights out and and he's he's new. He's only been shooting for like three years. That guy? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that's actually, we shot with him out in, uh, out in McAllen in that indoor shoot. We had two guys from Mexico come up. So there's, yeah, there's, there's a big, presence out there and no manufacturer has really done a lot no they it. haven't reached out and really done a lot so exactly. that's yeah that's what we're trying to do we're trying to create a team and um you know just establish the the presence of the brand out there and, and support the the people that are doing it so yeah yeah that's that's really cool that's something that now especially with me getting back on on track i can travel and i can i can see people and go out and see the international shooters as well well and our big thing too is that we've got you know for the first time ever, you've got shoots that are now uh, uh, wrapped around that, like with the adaptive athlete shoot that Black Rifle put on. Correct. I mean, that shoot was amazing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are now realizing, you know, hey, I can shoot a bow potentially mm-hmm. with some modifications on equipment. And that's a that's a big deal because mm-hmm. it's opening up a whole new can of worms that guys can try. And Yeah. In a, I don't, I'm not, not going to try to get on my... Do it you know, on the sympathy side of it. No, but it's cathartic to a point. It's it's, it's therapeutic. Healing. Yeah, therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, it's something that people can grasp and think, man, this is amazing. 
Well, a lot of people, they, they get in, into a situation where they have an injury, they have something catastrophic happen to them, and they're like, well, shit, my life's over. Yeah. I don't have the same job. I can't do the same things. Right. But yeah, you can. You can go and shoot a belt. You can go and compete. You can do stuff. You can meet people. If you don't want to shoot competitively, you can go hunt. Yeah. And a lot of these these bow brands out there, they make bows that are fantastic for everybody's skill set. Yeah. You know, again, you got somebody that doesn't have a lot of strength. That prime might fit them the best because they're not fighting a bow. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Elite makes a really good bow. Some people that actually go to the gym and work out and, and you know, get that strength. They might love the the aggressiveness of a Hoyt. So yeah. there's 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 something oh, out there I, for everybody. Elite's good for shooting with your feet. That other guy that shoots with no arms that yeah. shot against Hatsman, he's shooting that result thirty eight. Is yep. he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That guy that was at World Champs. That was kind of cool because he shot against year, last year. Yeah, this year he shot against Stutzman yeah. in Worlds. And I think it was kind of cool. I was reading an article about it that, you know, he was shooting against. I mean, his, he started his, shooting because, because he of Stutzman. Stutzman. Yeah, that was his idol. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, that's the coolest thing ever. You get yeah. to go shoot against a guy that got you into the sport, mm -hmm. you know, from afar. Yeah. yeah. I need to get a hold of this guy. <laughs> he's shooting an he's shooting elite. He's shooting an elite, yeah. 100%. I know and shoots that, just like Matt. Uh, that's shooting the same same way with her feet. Really? I don't yeah, know, she's I from don't Serbia. She shoots, but yeah. Um, she does not. She was, the last tournament I saw her in was in Czech Republic. The last time I went there and, and she was shooting like a diamond. Yeah, I don't remember. Something really, and she was shooting but, really well. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people out there that they just do really, really good things. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's talk, talking about that makes me think of the hooligan meme where <laughs> which one shows the because they uh Bruce and the NFA got the the gal that shoots with her feet for the oh yeah halftime show or whatever you want to call it for indoor nationals and the oh, shoot. And yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. NFA gets so and so to to shoot for the the night show or whatever for yeah. the Vegas shoot down, and then it's the says Matt Stutzman and the guys like, hey, what am I a joke to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's awesome yeah that's oh. awesome well that's cool though I'm glad to see you know one of the manufacturers kind of stepping up to the plate because I think it's something that's been a long time coming mm -hmm. I mean you've seen the sport grow exponentially in the in the para world in the adaptive yeah, it's getting bigger. world it's getting bigger by far getting bigger and bigger and bigger and again with Black Rifle doing those shoots it's yeah. going to get even well even I think and Black Rifle's putting some I think some mojo behind it I mean they've got a massive you know base that mm -hmm. they can you know draw from and most of those guys are vets to a degree that have you know have suffered some some catastrophic injury overseas. Yeah. So they're them alone. That that organization alone is really putting a spotlight on it. Yeah. And helping that grow, and that's a big deal. Now we, I was talking to uh, Jay that came in here one day. He's he's a really high amputee, and he, I was working with him. He shoots a uh, a Matthews. Mm -hmm. Went outside and took him like three or four shots to get a side tape. And I mean, the guy was drilling the the orange dots out there. I was yeah. like, dude. You should be doing this competitively. Is, I think he was, he, was he shooting that Matthews Genesis bow? No, he Not was him. shooting a V, V3X. Okay, different guy. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, no, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really good shooters out there. A lot of them just don't know it. Right. So, hopefully we can get them out and show them the, the ropes. Yeah, the, I tell you, it's cool. It's cool as hell because it can, it can change a guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally change the way they are. I mean... And, help them through the through this tough crap that they're going through i mean it changed me completely it changed my my hair from being dark to gray <laughs> to gray yeah. yeah 
Like a silver fox now. Yeah, no kidding. I used to I used to have a dark beard, and now since archery, it's like white. Yeah, you are you, and you're just. I'm just shaving 40, it, dude. right? I'm just gonna. Don't shave you dare! It. You look like a ten year old. Oh I'd rather God. look ten than forty. If that's the case, and we're gonna put it on our on our on one of our Instagram posts, we're gonna put Jason before and after, and you guys are gonna laugh. I'll do it now, dude. Don't do it because you look like a ten year old. For I can't look at you when you do it. His face Safe. shrinks like a. You know what it reminds me of the um, the Beetlejuice when Beetlejuice is sitting in the in the in the oh, uh, oh with the head shrinker with guy. the head shrinker guy. That's what it looks like. You look like that dude. It's like, dude, come on, for real. Scott's the only one that wants to see me old and ragged. No, that's not old and ragged. You look you look stately. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just a good thing. Still like a child pet. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Child, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Oh Lord! Oh man, that's so funny. No, don't shave though, please. I'm gonna if you do that, I'm shaving then. Let's do it, and you will not be able to look at me without laughing. <laughs> Only time I ever shave is when I accidentally mess up. When you screw up, I'm the same way. I've done it three times in my life where I've screwed up so bad. I've just said screw it. I'm gonna start over. And man, it is. My kids, one year I did it, they literally would look at me and start cracking up laughing. They, they couldn't look at me. No, and I just I, like. You. I mean, mine's not bad. Like I my. Beard you got out. a baby face, so my beard grows out quick enough. So does mine. It's only, I only got like four three or four days, days yeah. before I like look somewhat normal. Again. <laughs> yeah. What's so funny is if I do mess it up and end up having to shave, I've got to redo the face ID on my phone. <laughs> oh, it won't, it won't do it. Yeah, it won't, <laughs> it won't recognize me. <laughs> no, and you can't pull off the big beard. You tried that this year, and that didn't work. Well, no, I, I, you say I can't pull it off. I, I can't like because of my partner. I can't pull it off. Oh, yeah. Courtney, Courtney would kill you. She, but, I mean, it doesn't look good. I'm sorry. Well, I had it, it pretty. Your face got huge. You already got a big mug, and now it got really big. Well, yeah, because I didn't trim the sides or anything. Like, if you I would trim it here it, yeah. and then it go this way, it'd look badass. You got to try that. Will she I let you do that? No. No, no way. I can't She's throw it and shoot. She's me for how long it is now, and it's really? not that long. It's not that long. It was good. It's yeah. close. Because that's what I thought about Bridger, doing sounds like I'm going to need to get you a life alert. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> life alert for Bridger, life alert for me. There you go. Hey, we Mine's can call a, each other. My yeah, you're gonna have the only reason I'll hit the life alert button is because Courtney's on top of me beating, beating the me shit out of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just hilarious. can't I can't grow a beard long and shoot because it gets caught no. in the string or it gets oh, dude, caught in my release. Yeah, the true ball pops it. the true ball releases are notorious for ripping out beard hairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why Chris Shaft's beard is so patchy because <laughs> he shoots so damn much. And it's like, I used to have a bald spot, like right, from release. like low and behind the right corner of my mouth yeah. from where my release was. And it would just rip hairs out, mm, shooting the HT head. That's awesome. Ow! What is the most beard-friendly release to shoot? Uh, Pro Advantage, apparently. I haven't had any issues with it. So there you go. God, they all get you. I, I mean, I've had, I don't know how Blake Kidder. Blake Kidder is an elite rep, and he's got this massive big he's beard. He's got a Spartan beard. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. It's crazy. I mean, I've, done, I've had my beard grow out in that way, and it starts pulling on those hairs, and it hurts. You know, it's not, it's not easy. But okay, well, I think we've muddled through enough information today. Yeah, kind of just more of a chit wrap chat. up chit chat because um, because there is a lot of archery out there. We always like to talk about you know the you know what's going on tournament wise. Like I said, the most shocking thing was a guy getting shot that was amazing. Um, and hopefully they'll do. I think they need to do something about that. They're I, if I sure. was in charge, they've got to fix that. I'm sure that that 
there will be some stuff to change yeah. at that shoot. Because that was a pretty close call. But you say it happens a lot, which is shocking. I mean, I say it happens a lot. It hadn't. I hadn't heard of it happening uh, until Chance was with that guy that got shot. Yeah. And but every year after that, something's happened. Yeah. Or at least almost every year. I don't know that anything happened last year. Well, I think sometimes it, I think sometimes the organizations take it for granted because we haven't had really had a catastrophic injury yeah. in, in our sport in decades. Yeah. Um, literally, knock on wood. But you know, even at the ASA, sometimes I've been at full draw, bearing down the target, and all of a sudden I see people. Well, I saw. Like, yeah, I'm I like, what the hell? Uh, I was talking to who's a D. Cam, no, not D. The Cam guy. Oh, PJ. PJ? Yeah. No. The Nick? Bot, uh, that bot. Oh, um, grind, grind. I was talking to him and Fulter in uh, Reading, and we were bullshitting about that. I'm like, yeah, man, but man, sometimes that they say it's a little funky, especially like foley. Foley's a big when one. it's yeah. like, early in the year. There's not much foliage, and like they put like 150 yards between ranges. I mm-hmm. think 150, 200 yards. But I'm like, man, sometimes like you know, you hit full draw and you're a foot or so above the target, and you're coming down, and all of a sudden you see a dude's head walking through your skull, yep. bouncing yep. from the range over. Yes, sir. Because it's, I mean, it's so clear there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, with no foliage or anything, it's, it'll freak you out. It's hey, a little you, funky. You take a 23 traveling 290 with a ballistic point on it. It's going to do some damage. Well, it's got to get through a ton of crap. It'd be really yeah. unlucky to get there and hit you. But to your point, it's still. I mean, that. I, gosh, what was it? Uh, Gaius took a video of a kid like two years ago in Foley. Oh, that guy shooting me. Straight up. That was literally driving <laughs> straight up in the air. <laughs> that thing would get there. Yeah. yeah. I know, that would, yeah. I, uh, uh, unimpeded straight up in the air and straight down. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But that's. I don't know. I hope that the, they they do something about that because that's scary. I don't care anybody says. I couldn't believe. It. I was like shocked when I seen I mean, the picture. I'm not like advocating for drawing, telling people, yeah, go ahead and draw your bows back, sky draw or whatever. But I, we get a little uh, little overzealous on what a sky draw is and what it isn't. Yeah, I think. Oh, we big time. Like I said, I I start high here. Yeah, but like the first, it's above my head, the first three inches of me drawing it back. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you're not but, pointing it up in the sky. Yeah, like but this. I, for me, it was just the, the announcements like, man, why why are the pros always the ones getting blamed? Yeah. <laughs> for sky drawing, none of us ever shoot anybody. No. Exactly. And if we do shoot above the targets, like Jeff at Indoor Nationals one year, it's always on purpose. <laughs> when Hopkins freaking. Shot the apple on the white sign. Did he really? Back when he was shooting Matthew. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. That was, I don't know, that had to been like 10 or 12 years ago. It was a while ago. Really? He did it to maybe make a point? Yeah, just be a smart ass. Be a smart ass. Really. Put an arrow in the, in the apple on the white sign at Indoor <laughs> Nationals one year. I mean, if yeah, you're. If we're ever doing it, we always do it on purpose. Yeah. 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 If you're already down and you're not going to win, might as well. Yeah, no kidding. That's true. I don't know. At the end of the day, you can mitigate a lot of that safety stuff. Just check your shit, man. If your D loop like looks like yeah, it's, if it, it if it looks, looks like, like a loofah, you know, replace it. But here's the thing: a lot of guys. I mean, we did a lot of D loop replacements before TAC. Hell, I did a lot on the range at TAC. We had one of our customers, Brandon Campos. It was so funny because they got it on video, dude. They were video on the shot, and he draw back. So they they did the video and cut and they they chopped it. So it was only I want to say maybe 11 seconds long, but they did it super slow-mo. Mm-hmm. And dude, homeboy's drawing a 74-pound Hoyt RX-5, I think it is, and he's coming back, and that sucker breaks, and it goes boom, and just you see his whole right. face go sideways <laughs> like on the movies. 
and smoked him. He had a big cut on the inside Punch of his lip. Punched himself in the mouth. And what's funny, he was in this shop two weeks before that, and I was like, B, you need to change this D-loop. And he didn't want to because he was shooting good. I don't want to change it, you know. All right, you know. And lo and behold, he got hammered. <laughs> and we ended up changing at the shoe, but it was amazing. We ended up replacing a lot of D-loops, remember? Mm -hmm. During those three days, and a lot guys, of people don't know what to look look for either. Yeah, you start seeing a one piece of white that's the interior of that D loop out of the side wall, which means Change it. it's about to go nuclear. <laughs> I mean, I can't talk too much. Shit. I literally shot the same D loop for four years. Yeah, I've pull. I like pulling it off of bows, putting it on other bows because <laughs> you like that length. So it was much. that length was it was perfect. It was perfect. I, yeah. That one that it, it was the D loop that I had on my bow when I won World Cup final. I Changed my strings three times that year, pulled it off of each set of strings, put it back on. Yeah, that's like put it on. I shot it on that C4. I shot it on yeah. the other two or three C4s I shot. And hell, I shot it on uh, my Hoyt that year that I switched to Hoyt. Yeah. Shot that same deal for four years. Okay, so here, here. Different, <laughs> different material, though. We can spend a, yeah. couple, we can spend a couple minutes talking about this because it just came out and got a lot of questions about it. I was about to say, torqueless. The torqueless loop that George was shooting. You know, he's, this came out, actually, George built this loop, what, probably 10 years, 12 years ago. It's been out for a while. Mm -hmm. um, then he reshot it. I think he shot it here in Reading. And so the big advantage of using it is distance. You can shoot I would that say loop. that... Yes, if you put that D loop above your arrow to give you a little more distance, that that is more advantageous than the advantage you get from it being quote unquote torque torqueless. Yeah, a hundred percent. If your agree D loop is more than three eighths of an inch long, yeah. like you'd literally have to twist it in a knot to get it to, to get it to change your Agreed. impact. Because I've tried it, like yeah. I've literally taken and hooked my release on spun it like one full rotation so my d-loop had a full twist in it yeah. during my bow back shot hit the same spot yeah exactly like i mean guys it don't, is guys very don't. very minute not so, saying it's not a good system well, it's just what do you what i think you there's i think there's things? more of an issue because i do i have some customers that come in and request it and we try to talk them out of it but you know they'll run upper and lower safety knots and then they run a loop literally about a quarter inch long and mm -hmm. that Crazy loop is it's loop. way too small so when he does draw back and turns his hand up, or if the release, especially on a you know a, a hinge a hand or handheld, you can watch that string go. It'll it'll yeah, it'll, turn it'll be turning it. torqued, um, and that's a bigger issue. And I keep telling the guys, look, let's shorten your draw length and lengthen your loop, and you'll be better off, more mm -hmm. accurate. Um, but George with the torqueless is now the rave. I think they're selling them at Ultraview now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they um, have for a long time. I remember how Blaze. Oh, he's been selling it forever. Blaze young kid named blaze used to make those for him and like he would pay for his whole archery season with him really yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i mean george's got a video on on youtube on a thing it's a week 10 years old yeah on yeah. how to make them they're really easy oh, yeah. to make yeah but i was just wondering if it was is it something worth trying is it worth the i mean it's everything. like and it's like anything else if it works it might it might work for you try or it, it could make so zero difference i, I will tell you one thing because i tried it when it came out i want to say probably six seven years ago i tried it and one thing I noticed right away, I was back then shooting um, Pierce Platinums, mm -hmm. um, the the gold tips, and they're little bitty knocks. It does not work. No, you have so to have a long throat knock. Is a long throat knock because it will pop that. Your knock best off. option Biters. is run a asymmetric Biters. biter. Yep, agree. Like that's your best option. Yep, I agree. So people, I mean, one thing I don't know if they cover it in their pot. I mean, in their videos and stuff. You cannot shoot a traditionally small knocks like G knocks. If AAs, you've got a long draw length. A short axle axle bow or some sort of combination between the two 
a lot of times your arrow is going to pop off the as string soon as you draw back a hundred percent yeah because so that string sitting at an angle if you're so like you're talking about the the platinums with the gto knock yeah or especially with the gold tip pin knocks where Correct. it's the mini the throw of the knock is literally just you know where the cutout for the string so there's really <laughs> right. no ears on that no on those knocks no. at all hardly mm -hmm. right so and that thing i mean it's cut perpendicular to the arrow correct you know because that knock was designed for you to have a straight string right. in between a d loop well right. if that thing's can't add an angle 45 degrees you're right. trying to put the square post in the round you know square yeah. peg in the round hole it don't work and it, you know it's just not going to sit well and I, and I think you have a half dry fire potentially going on which is yeah because it's pop it's it's, it's it'd it's be like only not, on yeah it'd be like not fully engaging your knock exactly. now if you run a deep throated knock so like with a standard diameter if you're running the regular gold tip knocks or right. super 3d or the super 3d knock, if you're running the even the regular biters or some of the like a the G. easton g pin if your draw length is short enough or if your you bow get is away long enough it. to accommodate it to where you're not getting that shallow right. of a string angle you right. can get away with them but yeah it will add distance though so like i said i think that 100 that for you know like a shorter drawing guy or women kids with so, a low peep height I think adding, helping to add that distance when you're shooting, you know, a tournament like Reading where we got to shoot 100 yards right. or uh, NFA field where you're shooting 80, 70 and 80 yard max. Like it can't, I think that is a bigger advantage to that system than, than torque. The, the torque. I agree. Aspect. Thousand percent. So George ran his on the bottom. He runs his on bottom. And yeah. then arrows mounted on top. Yeah. So he's not getting any distance. He's, a, he's also like that. me. He's got a big old noggin. So he's got like an eight inch peep height. So well, and he's, he's trying to, you know, and he showed pictures of it. He's, he's getting, getting really good clearance, face. real good clearance mm -hmm. on his face there. But if you go the other way, you can run that torque with D loop on top of your knock. Yeah. So the arrows. And you will pick up. How many yards do you think you pick up on that? I bet. Oh, I mean, think about it. If you raise your peep a quarter inch. Yeah. Think about how much you got to move your side up. That's true. So. I mean, I bet on a, yards. I bet on like a, you know, if we, I'd say it'd be great, good for women and kids where they're, you know, lower peep height, they're not getting as, or lower poundage. I would bet you pick up anywhere from 10 to 15 plus yeah. yards. Yards, right. I would say it'd be an almost an automatic 10 yard swing. Yeah. As far as how much max distance you can add before you run out of arrow clearance with your scope. Uh, the scope housing. housing, right. Exactly. No, I think it's pretty cool. I thought it was just weird because it was like the rage, man. It was all over the internet. Oh, man. And then there, there were people going it. crazy about it. I thought, man, here we go again. Colby yeah. Hanley I mean, is about to become a multi-billionaire again over like a damn Torquil D loop. Seven cents of <laughs> string material and serving. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but it does work best with those. I I agree with you with the asymmetrical the, the biter. asymmetric biter. Because which, I mean, they're, they're made that, for a recurve bow. That's what that knock is designed for, mm -hmm. is to sit on an uneven or non-perpendicular string, string, non -perpendicular string with, yeah. uh recurve archers. Yeah. Now, granted, it's not, maybe not cut at the exact angle you'd need to be, you know, to be running above or below that torqueless loop. But right. having that knock groove at an angle in that knock is a lot better situation than you know, like we had mentioned before, like the super short mm -hmm. gold tip HD, yeah. the gold tip pin knocks, or, right? Uh, like the regular Easton uh, X10 pin, right? Pin knock, the short eared one, right? Um, with a compound, anyways. Yeah, I know when I tried it, it had been like I said six years ago. I actually shot scores both with and without it, and I didn't see a big difference. It's it, yeah, it's <clears throat> very minimal. It's a yeah. personal preference type thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So. Every every world record in existence has been shot with shit 
a regular. So a lot of them have been shot with a loop on a release. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, the modern world records have all the, been shot the, with a standard D-loop, but every correct. world record before that was shot with a brass knock and a rope, uh, and rope, a rope release. Hook your release. 100%. Slung, absolutely. Slung underneath your knock. So, yep. I mean, the yeah, precedence yeah. for that thing's there. It's yeah. just a diff- I mean, it's just a different system. It is. Agreed. No doubt. All right. That's our, that's our uh, pro tip of the week. Go try it if you want to try it. I don't know if it's, uh, but more for, I agree with Bridger, what he's saying. You, it's more advantageous for short car archers, women, and children mm-hmm. than Just it probably is for your typical, you for the distance. I don't think there's a lot of there for the torque, personally. Unless no. you run, like some of these bow hunters, like I said, they're they're the worst. The bow hunters want those little bitty quarter inch long mm-hmm. loops. And man, they're A, they're hard to put on, and B, they, they impart a ton of torque if you're shooting a handle. You know, uh uh, trigger yeah, where it's flowing, index it's finger it doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter think the all. first time I saw somebody shoot something above was Jeff Fabry. He used to yeah, tie his mouth tab above his arrow. Above his arrow. Eric, distance. Eric Bennett, when he switched to the mouth tab on his recurve, he couldn't yeah. reach 70 meters. So he was literally tying his uh, mouth tab like an inch or two above it yeah. to get that. You know, obviously there's no peep, right? but mm-hmm. to get his visual reference for his sight farther yeah. above his arrow. So here's a crazy question. Could you, in theory, then design a tab where you have them two fingers over and one under to to get longer distance on a on a? I mean, because we have some I kids mean, now yeah. who are in that in that realm of shooting twenty nine to thirty five pounds. Yes, but they, I mean, your your tiller and stuff is going to be all uh, kinds of up. funky. Yeah, because Eric is running like he was running two completely. He, he was testing out like two completely different weight limbs i think at one point he was messing around with different length limbs like running a long, long on and a one medium. side and a medium on the other <laughs> like i mean it trying to balance all that kinds out. of weird shit to your tiller because yeah. it, i mean think about it when we're shooting a compound we're moving at a 16th inch at a time correct to change how our tillers react and you know when we're not you know trying to get the up and down hold on a bow right different and the cam rotation slightly different right without having to do the limb pockets we're moving that a sixteenth of an inch. He's taking and throwing that thing an inch, yeah. two inches above it. Like think about all the work so, shit it does to the taper with that. You know, I don't want to talk tiller with that. Well, let's talk. You know, and real quick, another pro tip of the week. Um, and if I learned this from you three weeks ago, well, about a month and a half ago, uh, I went to the result, mm-hmm. and I had that that standard issue that I think I've heard a million different guys have with that bow. Is it freezing low? And mm-hmm. just sitting down there shaking below your below your aiming point where you want to be, and you can't get that damn thing up. up. I, mean, I don't care what you do. You try like hell. You can do what you want with bars. You can lift that back bar above vertical, I mean, above horizontal, and do all the stuff, and the bow just doesn't want to react right. And it's funny how many people, I you made the comment, go lift your loop a sixteenth of an inch. Mm-hmm. Like, what? He said, just do it and try it. You told me this. And I did it, fixed it, instantaneously gone. I mean, I could put the bow right where I wanted it, hold there. And just through me doing that, I mean, everybody on our team, you know, hey, did that really work? Yeah. I want to try it. And it fixed Anderson. Mm-hmm. We did it the opposite on him. We went 16th low because he, he holds high. Fixed his PSC instantaneously. So all you're doing is changing the leverage point yeah, that so you're working it, with the limbs. I mean, you want to talk about that real quick. And I mean, I'm sure there's a combination of stuff that it changes. And I, I don't know enough about it from a mechanical standpoint to know what all of it is, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you're changing how much string is going on and off of each cam. So the closer you get to one cam, the more that cam has to rotate in order to get all the way around to 
you know, to where your stops are hitting even. Right. If it's a binary style cam system. Right. Um, you're going farther above the grip. So you think about if you got two two poles and you're pulling even on one side, but you go and grab one from the top, like it's gonna be easier to tilt to one tilt way. one way or Correct. the other. Correct. So you think about your grip being one one side of that axis and the string being the other. Well, if you're pulling even and it's dipping low, like well, you just move, move your, the other one up. Move the other one up and it's gonna pull it back, you know, and tilt everything back to even. Right. It's gonna cause you to aim higher. You know, moving that D loop up or the D loop down. If you move it down, it's going to cause you to aim a little bit lower. Right, exactly. So, dude, it works. I'm telling you, sixteenth of an inch changed I mean, it takes everything an, but, about that bow. Yeah, it takes next to nothing. Yeah. Like it, very small, minute changes. And then you can, you know, especially once you get into like a solo cam style bow, like the C4s, right. and Apex series stuff. Um, then you're changing. You can change the tiller of the bow itself. Right, where exactly. You're changing the limb, the limb bolts, limb pressure, and like with the with the Apex 7 and the Apex 8 series stuff, like there were guys that were putting a 60 on top and a 70, 70 on, on bottom. the bottom. 100%. And all that's doing, because those limbs are still going to equal, like no matter how much you take in or out of one or the other, those limbs are always going to rebalance so that they have the same amount of tension on each one. Right. Now, granted, if you got a 60 and a 70 like that, it's going to act a little different because those limbs are different deflections. But uh, if you're just backing the limb bolts out, just because you're taking it out of the top limb bolt, doesn't mean that top limb bolt or that top limb is flexing more because it's still the same deflection as the one on the bottom. Correct. That limb is those limbs. You're changing. Yeah, you're changing. One the limb is angle. just turning more. Correct. Than the other, or like just changing where it's all starting at. Yeah. So well, you're literally you're moving the grip of the bow more than anything else. Right. You take out of that top limb that grip. Those limbs are going to have the same amount of weight on them right. still. Each. That grip is just moving up. You're moving the grip up because you're changing the the angle of power for the top and bottom limbs. Where yeah. they, where they may finish the, the top one's going to finish maybe a little short, which is allowing the bottom one to pull harder. Which is to your point, it's moving the grip. Right, you're, and moving you're the just it's moving this and it's moving the knock string angle more than anything. yeah, like it's moving it down yeah. and up. And yeah, and it's an old trick a, we've been doing forever. A bunch of other stuff. I'm sure it changes. I yeah. don't know about. But you know, it's funny. You go back to doing something like that on a bow, and I've always told guys this, and we've said it. And I'm so glad Paige is kind of. I don't have the clout that she's got, but we've been saying this forever. Hell, you can go back on our some of our old podcasts. You get that bow to shoot the way you want it to shoot. You group tune it. And, leave then, it alone. and you leave it alone. You don't go paper tune it again. Because I know mine's not going to be, it's going to have a bad tear because after moving that knock point where I did mm-hmm. to make it shoot the way I feel the way I want it to, um, I just don't run it through paper again. Like Paige, <laughs> dude, she just won Redding. She went back and showed her paper yeah, tears, knock like tuning. An inch, it's an inch like and a quarter an, tear. It's like horrible. An inch knock left. Which 99% honestly, of guys who walk in this door are going to go, oh, I got to fix that. Well, honestly, if you look at a lot of bows, I bet not a majority, but a, a fair amount of tournament bows out there or bows that have been group tuned and maybe not necessarily paper tuned again or whatever. A lot of guys advocate for that high left hair because it gives you the most clearance off that rest. Off the rest. Shooting a blade yeah. rest. Anyways. Shooting a blade, right. Shooting a drop weight. Don't matter. It's going to be a little bit different, right. but I yeah. know most, again, most world records right now have been that are being held are held with a blade rest, probably an arrow coming off, not high left. Yeah. Yeah. No, of that no doubt. Yeah, but we know we we spend a lot of time because once again the internet we we want that paper tear perfect and they'll go back and deviate good shooting to get the good clean tear because well, in, in their mind they think it's better. Well, it's different when you're talking a a hunting bow where you're screwing a broadhead onto the end of it. Agreed. 
but with a tournament bow, yeah, it, if you, if your arrow hits behind the pin, like, uh, does it really matter how it gets there? No. Nobody, nobody's scoring off of how your arrow looks in flight. <laughs> right. Nobody's scoring your paper tear. And like we go, I have a saying, you, fixing, try to fix winning. It drives me insane. You know, I look, I think Paige was trying to make that point. I just won second largest tournament on planet Earth and tell me I need to fix my bow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. So, oh, that's good, good stuff for sure. Good stuff. And that was your second pro tip of the week. Torqueless with D loops and, and moving your, your D loop to, to create pressure changes. That was like three tips in one. That was, wasn't it? Cool. All right, folks. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, one thing we don't get a lot of anymore, I think people are just listening, but you know, ask questions. We're, yeah. I was going to say we're guys and we we're in the industry and sometimes it's hard for us to come up with good content. There's got to be some crap that people want to hear about. And we know where to find that answer. I mean, hell, between the three of us sitting here, me being the, the old guy's been doing it for, goddamn, it seems like two centuries. And then the new guy on the block who's mm-hmm. going through the school of training. And, of course, this old soul cr- sitting across from me. We get, we'll find the answer. And we know, we know who to go talk to. So give us some feedback of what you guys want to hear because sometimes it's hard coming up with content. I know one thing we're going to try to get a manufacturer on next week and try to get a I love to have in the manufacturers talking about the state of the union for them um, mm-hmm. and how things are doing and to get their feedback on, or get their viewpoint on where this industry is going and talk about their equipment, and blah, blah, blah. We've had done that a couple of times. We're going to try to do that again uh, maybe next week. All right. Sounds that, good. We'll see you on the other side.